Okay. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Football Now's podcast. We are on week 13 right now, going into week 14 this week. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Pretty good after this uh, crazy weekend of football. So <laughs> That it was uh, crazy. A lot of upsets in college and even the NFL as well. Uh, we'll get into it. Trying to get through this kind of quick today. You know, my Steelers are on. I don't get to watch it on TV because it's not nationally broadcast because of all the stupid broadcasts, crap mm-hmm. that goes on behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, have to watch it on my DirecTV Sunday ticket on my phone. And then uh, after this, I'll be watching on my computer instead for a little bit bigger screen. But anyways, we'll start with the one college game we had on Friday. Number 25, Louisiana, went to 9-1, and beating Appalachian State 24-21 for the first time in program history. They beat Appalachian State, previously 0-8 against the Mountaineers. And, you know, both quarterbacks didn't look that great. Uh, it was pouring and windy uh, all game. And Louisiana's long snapper, I don't even know how he is going to be a starter going forward, snapping the ball over the punter's head three different times. I mean, when it's bad conditions like that, though, I kind of get it, but there comes a time where it's too many times, even in the rain and all that. Well, what I was saying the whole time is literally it looked like he just needed to drop his butt. Because that's what happens when long snappers snap the ball high. They don't; their butt's not low enough, so the ball goes too high. Uh, that's just what I thought. But luckily, it didn't cost them the game. Um, but there was also a questionable decision at the end there, where Louisiana <coughs> Levi Lewis ran backward uh, on fourth and two to get a safety and run. It was probably only like 10 seconds max off the clock, 10, 15 seconds. Uh, And took a safety, which made it the three-point game, which I thought was stupid um, as well. I was like, just go for it. Or I agreed with um, what Daniel Jeremiah put on Twitter was after, even after the first two times that the snapper put it over the punter's head, I just go to a quarterback punt. Just drop your quarterback a couple yards further back and have the center to snap it to him and have him pooch punt it. I think that would have worked a lot better for Louisiana, but mm-hmm. oh well. Anyways, uh, we have the Steelers Washington football team game kicking off right now. Chris, do not give any updates because you know I am streaming it on Sunday Ticket, so it's going to be behind the broadcast. I <laughs> wonder how far behind, though. But I'll try know. not to react. I mean, I'm going to get the notifications on the top of my phone screen before something happens anyways. So, anyway. Ooh, Ben got hit pretty hard, though, on that one. Uh, Louisiana caught the cover, plus three, under 52. Going to Saturday... Number four, Ohio State stayed undefeated, 52-12 to over Michigan State, making a statement against the Spartans. Justin Fields, four total touchdowns, uh, 300 total yards as well. Um, and, yeah, 
OSU just smashed the Sparty here. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. This is a game that this is how it was supposed to go. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't really know if that helps Ohio State in terms of the playoff rankings or whatever. Because, like I said, this is a game that they were supposed to basically beat them by forty points here. Yeah, um, I don't remember what the what the um. Why am I blanking on the word? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what that was, but um. But yeah, they won by forty points, and the only thing, I mean. We've seen Justin Fields have bad games this year, even though they're 5-0, but this one he actually showed up and did. I mean, he scored four touchdowns himself. And then, uh, I mean, 200 yards, it's all right, but he still had a good game. He didn't have any turnovers. Mm-hmm. And he had 100 yards on the ground, too. So, yeah, he had a, lot, a good game overall. A lot different than the Indiana game a couple weeks ago. Uh, Haskell Garrett, the defensive tackle, also had the zero-yard interception return for a touchdown um, off of Rocky Lombardi. Ohio State covered uh, minus 22.5 and over 59 hit. Number five, Texas A&M stays on the winning path, 31-20 over Auburn. Kellen Mond looked really good once again. Uh, Bo Nix, not terrible. Uh, just not enough to get it done. Isaiah Spiller, really the guy that got them um, going, though, with 120 on 20 carries. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, this is another team. They're a top-five team against an unranked team. They are supposed they did what they are supposed to do, although this game was close. I mean, you didn't you say something about it? You thought it was going to be kind of a close game? Or? Uh... I don't remember. Because <laughs> um, I know we we mentioned something about Auburn kind of being a sneaky team at times. So, um, But, yeah, Texas A&M, A&M took care of business. Yeah, A&M covered uh, minus 6 and over 49. First upset here of the weekend, TCU upsetting number 15, Oklahoma State, 29-22 dashed the Cowboys' chances of making, slim chances of making the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Spencer Sanders did not look good at all. Uh, Really, I mean, he had some passes, but really they just couldn't get the deep ball going. Uh, Both quarterbacks, I mean, under 50% passing uh, pretty bad, but Max Duggan really with his legs, I think that was the story of the game. They just they couldn't stop the quarterback run game for Oklahoma mm-hmm. State's defense. No, um, I gotta say though, for Oklahoma State for for Sanders there, for only completing sixteen passes, two hundred seventy yards is pretty good. Like yeah. that kind of reminds me of um, Tim Tebow a couple years ago in the playoff game against your Steelers throwing like 15 passes for over 300 yards or something like that um but yeah gotta complete more passes and that was a false start but okay <laughs> be a, basically be a better quarterback i mean yeah like you said neither one really did any good but uh tcu just showed up and did what they had to do <laughs> yeah i was disappointed i had oklahoma state in a parlay um and oklahoma state had a shot 
but uh, Spencer Sanders threw a ball into the end zone, got tipped up by his receiver, and um, Tra- Trayvon Mooring there made a fantastic one-handed pick. Uh, Brock Martin there with one uh, the fumble recovery for a touchdown. That was Oklahoma State's first score. Um, and then Oklahoma State actually, I believe this – I forget what year they said it was, but it was the first time in a couple of years, at least, uh, might have been more than that, that they had five uh, fumble recoveries or five turnovers and didn't win. <laughs> so, yeah, very bad. Usually if you win the turnover battle, you win. Didn't happen in this case. TC, Especially if you have that many. Yeah. TCU plus two and a half, uh, under fifty three by two. Number seventeen, North Carolina whooping up on Western Carolina, forty nine to nine. Sam Howell, great day for him. Uh, good job by the Steelers getting a stop on third down. Uh, but Michael Carter, three touchdowns. Really, the the stats for UNC offensively. Uh, there was just a lot of guys that touched the ball. There were four quarterbacks for each team that threw the ball. Um, but, yeah, everyone knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, again, this is kind of seems like a running theme. These uh, these ranked teams are taking care of business here. Yeah. Um, I mean, after the uh, – that was last week's game, right, that they played BYU? Who? UNC? They didn't play BYU. Or, no, I mean, Notre Dame. Notre that's Dame. Yeah, last week. That yeah. was last, last week, yeah. So, I mean, they bounced back after that tough loss and, uh, again, took care of business there, beating them out by 40 points. Yep. Uh, Western did cover, though, plus 49 and a half, and uh, under 69 and a half. This was, I think, the biggest upset of the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Rice shutting out number twenty-one Marshall twenty to nothing in Huntington, West Virginia. Grant Wells looked like a freshman. Five picks on the day. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I didn't catch this game. I didn't watch it. I saw the highlights of it, but um, yeah, Naeem Smith had that pick six there that really sealed it at the end. Um, well, were all five picks, though, were they all his fault? Uh, I'm not sure. Or were they tip drill kind of things? I, I, I mean, know, I know that pick six was, he threw it to him. Like, that's one thing I wish that football kept track of is which ones were directly to a defender and which ones were tipped up. Mm-hmm. But, um, because, like, I, that stat line looks terrible. But for all we know, three or four of them could have been tip drill interceptions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was – when I, I was following the games on my phone and I saw this one, Marshall getting shut out against Rice, and I was – like, I didn't know what to think about it. Yeah. I think everybody in the country expected Marshall to win this one. Yeah, not a good way to go into the Conference USA Championship game. Um and I'm not sure who their opponent is. I know there was a couple teams that had a shot. 
at making it, but at this point, I, I'd have to check, but I'm not sure. Anyways, um, Rice plus 24, uh, under 43. Dang. <laughs> the Washington football team hasn't won in Pittsburgh since 91. <laughs> Anyways, uh, here we go. This one was a tough one to pick, uh, but three of us picked Tulane. So uh, Tulane did get the win, 35-21 at home against Memphis. Uh, Michael Pratt looked pretty good with four total touchdowns of his own. And, yeah, Green Wave got enough stops um, to get it done against Brady White and the, and the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, well, you said that Michael Pratt did his job. He did perfectly fine. He got four touchdowns, no turnovers but then you see brady white there for memphis he had a 50 percent completion percentage 19 for 38 over 248 yards he did have two touchdowns but the two interceptions i mean mm-hmm. yeah if they kept the ball they could have had two touchdowns on those two possessions and then it, it would have been tied so yeah this one was close most of the game until Tulane pulled away at the end there uh calvin austin he is explosive uh his touchdown was a long one and he just beat easily beat the Tulane defense on that one uh Tulane did cover minus three and a half and under 64 let's go to the Mac Ball State gets the four and one 45 to 20 over Central Michigan another good quarterback performance here Drew Plitt 366, four touchdowns. Had the interception, but he also had a rushing touchdown as well. Um, Central was holding in for a little bit anyways. Uh, and then, you know, Ball State eventually overpowered him. But. I mean, looking here, the – I mean, yeah, the closest it was was 10-7 at the beginning of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Ball State kind of just pulled away. Um, but yeah, I, I lone wolf the central Michigan here and, uh, clearly that was the wrong pick, but, um, yeah, hats off to ball state though. They came out and they performed. Yeah. Drew, Drew play that ball state offense. That thing's for real. And you got to catch that juju. God dang it. Uh, one thing real quick, Jalen McGoggy there. Three for 102 touchdowns. Great stat line for him. <laughs> uh, Ball State covered minus two and a half over 63 by two. Another MAC game, Battle of Michigan. Eastern Michigan upsets Western Michigan 53 to 42. Gives Western their first loss of the season. Uh, Preston Hutchinson, like I said, there's a lot of good quarterback performances this weekend. Uh, just another two actually here. Both quarterbacks having uh, four touchdowns. But, uh, I mean, I don't even really know where Eastern uh, pulled away. But, you know, this one was high scoring. I think I said on Friday that it was going to be high scoring, and it uh, didn't disappoint. It looks like this was close the entire game pretty much, except for it, – it, Pretty much, it was every other score. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, Eastern pulled away there in the fourth quarter, and Western couldn't catch up. So, yeah, 
Definitely. Eastern, like I said, have been close. They've been competitive. I like that block in the back call. The refs just got there for Washington, um, pushing them back. But, yeah, Eastern's been pretty close most of their games, so uh, good for them. And uh, Caleb Bridgewine, kicker there at Eastern, good for uh, – well, he's, he's not the starting kicker, but next year I think he will be the starter. Anyways, uh, Eastern plus 13.5. Over 67. Way over. Yeah. Number two, Notre Dame. Staying undefeated, 10-0. Crushing Syracuse, 45-21. And Syracuse was up in this one. 10-7 early. <laughs> and it went all downhill pretty fast from there. Uh, Ian Book looked pretty good. Five total touchdowns. Um but Sean Tugger for the Orange continues to be really their lone bright spot of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a Syracuse team. I mean, I don't think they were really expected to do much anyway, but they've looked pretty bad all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, <clears throat> again, I've been saying this the whole show, but this is a game that Notre Dame was supposed to win um i i don't know i thought i'm surprised that syracuse actually scored three times but that's just me yeah uh javon mckinley the not usually the main guy uh but had three touchdowns in this one as well from Ian book uh syracuse did cover plus 34 and over 51 hit Let's go to number six, Florida, uh, beating Tennessee 31-19. to Kyle Trask, another four touchdowns, 400 yards for him. And the thing the thing about Florida, though, I mean, Kyle Pitts had another 100 yards as well. Kadarius Toney did, too. The thing about Florida is, is when they face Alabama in the SEC championship game, they have to be able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Their leading rusher, I think, was 17 yards, right, Chris? You had the game up there. Um, let's see. The leading rusher was, uh, yeah, Copeland had one carry for 17 yards. Yeah. One carry. Um, they, as a team, attempted 17 rushes for 19 yards. Right. So. Yeah. they. I'm, it'll be interesting to watch them play Alabama to see if, if they need a running game or not, but I'm a running, you know, tough guy, so I I like having the run game there. Well, against the number one team in the country, you need everything. Yeah. But we shall see. Uh, this one's a little closer than I thought it was going to be. Tennessee covered, plus 18, and uh, under 63 hit. Number nine, Iowa State crushing West Virginia, forty-two to six. Brock Purdy, great game, four total touchdowns there. Brees Hall, almost another hundred-yard performance and two total touchdowns as well. Uh, I like having the three receptions for fifty-six yards for Brees because I think a lot of people just think he's a running running back, uh, mm-hmm. but he showed that he can catch the ball as well out of the backfield, which I like. Yeah, um, this is a guy that we've been talking about. Pretty much all season, and yeah, like you said, mm, my lord, Robert Spillane just 
destroyed Alex Smith. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, the uh, the fact that he can show that he can be a dual threat is uh, that was a nice catch by Logan Thomas. Though. Um, but yeah, the fact that he showed that he could be a dual threat, and the fact that he got fifty six yards on only three catches is a, I think, a good sign there for him. Yeah. Uh, Will McDonald with two sacks for the Cyclones defense, and they will meet Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game coming up. Iowa State covered minus six, and the over-under pushed at 48. Number 12, Indiana, beating number 16, Wisconsin. Indiana with a new quarterback. They win 14-6. to six. Mm-hmm. Graham Mertz. This was another one that um, this is the second game kind of that Graham Mertz has kind of looked like a freshman. Um, so see if he can get back on track the la- last couple games of the season here. But Jack Tuttle, he looked pretty good. Only 130 yards, but had the two touchdowns, did fumble at once. But uh, he was just – he managed the game enough that they needed him to and let the Indiana defense – uh, really control the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, looking at the scores here, though, for this game, both teams got shut out in the first and fourth quarters, so all the scoring was in the, in the middle of the game. And, yeah, Wisconsin was kept out of the end zone. They kicked two, two field goals, and Indiana scored those two touchdowns. So it's <clears> kind <throat> of a boring defensive game. but Yeah. And that's how Indiana's going to have to win um, without Michael Penix. In their lineup, mm-hmm. Micah McFadden there for the line uh, for the Hoosier defense, two sacks there. Uh, Indiana plus thirteen and a half under forty-five. Staying in the Big Ten, number nineteen Iowa got the win, thirty-five to twenty-one over Illinois. Spencer Petrus, three to- three touchdowns there. Uh, both quarterbacks not terrible. Uh, Peter's only having to throw it 18 times, but, um, you know, Iowa's not bad. Iowa's a pretty good team, um, and they came back in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were losing uh, 14 to nothing at one point. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. 35 unanswered points until... Illinois. Um, Iowa minus 14 pushed and over 53 hit. By three. That was a bad... I didn't like that roughing the kicker call. Anyways. uh, Number 24, Tulsa beat Navy 19-6. Uh... Not mm-hmm. great <laughs> by either team. Uh, Zach Smith only 40% completion. <laughs> and there was no offensive stats worth mentioning for Navy. So I just yep. put their one defensive player that barely had enough stats to get on the board as well. <laughs> I mean, you should have put the kicker there for Navy because he was the only offense that they had. He kicked the two field goals. But, um, again, <clears throat> excuse me. With my picks, I always pick the the military teams, but 
I had also said on Friday that I fully expected Tulsa to win this one. Um, but yeah, like I feel like a lot of these games are with the military teams. It was a low scoring game. Um, and Tulsa just did enough what they had to do to win. Um, but yeah, kind of boring game. Like I said before. Yeah. Uh, one guy will highlight Jackson player there, two sacks, four and a half tackles for loss. Great game for him. Uh, Tulsa covered minus 12 uh, and under 46. Another upset here. Stanford got the win 31-26 over number 22, Washington. And really it was Austin Jones – uh, who just destroyed the Huskies' defense all night, pretty much. Uh, and they were just running at will. <laughs> That's literally the storyline of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did have that one fumble, but yeah, 31 carries for 138 yards and the two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Fuan Olofoshio... Uh, also, a great game on defense for Washington, though. 18 tackles, Ooh. 13 solo. <laughs> no other stats, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, uh, well, does he play inside or outside linebacker? I have no idea. <laughs> I would assume I'm inside. Just, I'm just saying, uh, like, if they ran the ball a million times and he, like, I would expect him to have 18 tackles. Yeah, usually if the they guys, ran like right at him. Yeah, usually the guys with the bigger tackle numbers are inside backers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of still believe in Washington. Uh, they have a harder path now to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, Stanford plus twelve over fifty. The game of, I'm going to say, the season, uh, because this thing was great and crazy at the end. Number 18, Coastal Carolina, stayed undefeated. The Shants get the win at home. 22-17 over number 13, BYU. Cougars get their first loss of the season. And I was disappointed Zach Wilson did not look that great. Um... Neither did Grayson McCall, really, for Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. Both other starting running backs, though, played very well. Yeah. And it came down to one yard. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, you don't have McCall's numbers up there, but he was 10 for 15 for 85 yards. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that was not very good at all. But um, I believe I lone wolf Coastal here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just all season I believed in the Coastal. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, this loss, although I think, I don't know, how, what do you think the, how do you think it affects BYU and the standings and all that? Well, I kind of agreed with, uh, the broadcasters that I think both schools, like, I don't think BYU should drop that much, uh, because this is a quality <laughs> loss. But I mean, I think Coastal now should probably end up being a lot closer to BYU, mm-hmm. a lot closer to the top ten. I would 
look hoping that Coastal is probably moves to BYU's spot at 13 or even 12. I think 12 is probably the highest that they'll move them this week. Mm-hmm. And they have another good game in the Sun Belt Championship coming up against a ranked Louisiana school. Uh, so that one will be a probably great matchup as well. I'll probably pay more attention to the Sun Belt Championship game than I will the Big Ten Championship game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, Dax Milne, a uh, pretty good game for him. Just came up one yard short there at the end. Couldn't get it in there. Um, Coastal got the cover plus 10.5, under 63. Undefeated San Jose State stayed undefeated five and zero, go beating Hawaii in Hawaii thirty five to twenty four, and both quarterbacks, eh, so so performances, especially Nick Starkle, Cordero didn't do terrible with three total touchdowns there, uh, but really this was another game where it was just the running game, Tyler Nevins. Kyrie Robinson just destroyed the Rainbow Warriors defense. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> we see it in college and the NFL. When you have a running back committee, I feel like it gives you an advantage, especially if they're different styles. Um, because if one's the bruiser running through you thing and then the other one is the elusive like running around you, then the defenses can't really keep up with that. And I mean, as we see here, they couldn't keep up with them here. After, what, 263 yards and three touchdowns between the two of them? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nevins definitely had a couple explosive runs that I remember watching that game. Um, Three quarterback hurries there for Darius Muasau for Hawaii. Good job for by him. Uh, San Jose State covered minus three. Uh, and under 60 by one. Good catch by James Washington there. Georgia Southern got the win 20-3 over FAU. Drops them to 5-2. and two. Um, Another kind of bad performance with three turnovers by JVM Posey. Uh, Justin Tomlin... Not great throwing the ball. Not even close to great. He wasn't even good at throwing the ball. Uh, but was the leading rusher for Southern without um, shy words. Yeah, they... Uh, did we all have FAA in this one? Or did somebody pick Georgia Southern? Uh, I'm pretty sure you were the only one that had FAU. <laughs> oh, I... I thought more of us picked the FAO, but um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a bad performance by uh, FAU here. Um, but I was just looking at the uh, at the game um, at like the ESPN box score. Uh, box score. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, and uh, I didn't realize that Georgia Southern was undefeated at home this year. I had no and, idea. Yeah. Because the uh, headline says Georgia Southern stays undefeated at home, beating FAU twenty to three. So, if I had known that prior to, I might have picked Georgia Southern. But um, yeah, uh, 
Southern did get help from the special teams. Caleb Hood there with 49-yard punt return touchdown. And they <coughs> cover plus, plus two under 41. Another upset here. Cal getting their first win of the season, 21-17 to over number 23, Oregon. Oregon has dropped two straight. And I will never bet on Oregon again because I bet on them back-to-back weeks and they have lost me money. Uh, yeah, Oregon basically played themselves out of anything right. over the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, no Pac-12 championship in their future. Yeah, they uh, they started off good, 3-0, doing all that, and then last week against Oregon State, and then this week, especially this week against Cal, I think was probably the worst game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Nico Remigio was, was really the guy that made Cal, um, do well. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I mean, looking here though, at the stats, I mean, Tyler, how do you say that show or Shaw or, uh, it's yeah. Shug. (laughs) Shug. Um, I mean, <clears throat> he didn't have a terrible game. He was 14 for 26, which, I mean, maybe a couple more completions there, but 231 yards and a touchdown. But, I mean, he did have, he did have that fumble. Um, but, yeah. It was just, I guess, Cal showed up today, or on uh, Saturday. and Yeah. yeah. Cameron Good, uh, another good game for him for the Golden Bears defense. Uh, their defense really showed up. They held Oregon scoreless in the second half. Uh, it was 17-14 at halftime. And um, really boring second half. Mm-hmm. But um, Cal cover plus <clears throat> nine and a half under 60. <clears throat> My favorite team in the Pac-12, Colorado, stayed undefeated 24-13 over Arizona. Um uh, and my favorite player from Colorado had himself quite the game. Jarek Broussard, 25 carries, 301 yards. The annoying thing is, though, he got vultured by touchdowns by Ashad Clayton at the goal line, uh, <laughs> which kind of made me mad. But anyways, 300 rushing yards, though, for Jarek Broussard. <laughs> yeah. Not, um, that, I mean, I don't want to say that's as impressive as the uh, guy from Buffalo a couple weeks ago. Because it's not eight touchdowns is insane, mm-hmm. but three hundred yards is really good. I mean, and it wasn't even like he got the ball every time either. Twenty five carries was, which is like, I'd say it's somewhere around an average workload for a workhorse running back. Yeah. Um. So the fact that he was able to get three hundred yards is pretty impressive. I mean, right there you see it right there. It's twelve yards average per carry. So. Yeah, I mean the he had. At least three 50-plus-yard runs. Um, and I'm seeing Well, his longest that, was 75. I'm seeing that uh, Antonio Gibson is doubtful to return. Uh, what? Which Why? I believe he has an ankle, I think. I did not see right there. Gotcha. They're going to show it right there on the screen. If anyone is watching, yep, there's the ankle, I believe. Oh, maybe it's turf toe. I do not know. Or he broke a toe. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, yeah. I mean, Arizona had their had 
a really good running game themselves with two guys going over 100 yards as well. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They got stopped uh, around the 30-yard line a lot of the times, and uh, Will Plummer just couldn't get it in the end zone. But a lot of good defensive stats there. Nate Landman had himself quite the game. 12 solo tackles, a sack, three and a half tackles for loss, and then Carson Wells, his running mate as well on the inside, one and a half sacks and four tackles for loss. Uh, Anthony Pandy for Arizona had two picks um, off of Sam Neuer. So good game for him for the Wildcats. But uh, Colorado covered minus nine and uh, under 57 hit. Alrighty, number three, Clemson continued their role, forty-five to ten over Virginia Tech. Uh, not a lot of stats in this one. It was expected that it would go this way, like we said for a couple other games. Trevor Lawrence not that great though. Uh, you know, almost fifty-five percent uh, had the interception. Did have three total touchdowns, but um, yeah, not that great by Trevor Lawrence though. This wasn't um, this wasn't one of his best games, and I mean, looking at the stats too, uh, Travis Etienne didn't have that great of a game either. I mean, he was the leading rusher, but um, um, who was it? Darian Renter had a fifty-yard touchdown run, um, and so I mean, he had almost as many yards on that one play alone. Uh, but yeah. Uh, this just was none of the pieces in, of, for Clemson really had a good game. They all kind of just collectively as a team did what they had to do. Um, beating up on a pretty bad Virginia Tech team here. Chris, can you tell me uh, that was not kick, kick, kick catch interference? That's, I, I saw that. <laughs> I don't know how that was. I mean, man. Uh, anyways, uh, Levante Bentley there for Clemson. Good game for him. One and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss as well. Luckily, the Steelers got that ball out of the scrum by a miracle. Anyways, Clemson covered minus 23 and a half under 67. Number one team in the country, Alabama stayed undefeated 9-0, and annihilating LSU 55-17. Mac Jones... Another great game for him, 70% completion, 385, four touchdowns. Najee Harris had over 140 yards, three touchdowns. And Devontae Smith, 200 receiving yards and three touchdowns as well. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this is a classic, Clemson, I mean, not Clemson, uh, Alabama game. The quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, the trio of them all had a really great game um, against the team that they were supposed to blow out. Um. And yeah, not much to say about it because it's Alabama. So yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. Alabama literally looks unstoppable. They've just destroyed every single person they played this year. They could probably beat the Jets. Not gonna lie. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised they did cover because I thought LSU would give them a little bit more of a fight. Minus twenty nine and a half though. Bama covered and over sixty five. Number 10 team, Miami, they shut out Duke 48 to nothing. (laughs) 
And uh, D.R. King, four total touchdowns. Cameron Harris had almost 102 touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the uh, obviously the offense showed up because they scored 48 points. But the, I think the bigger story is the defense being able to shut out. I mean, it is Duke, but still, they shutouts are hard to get in general. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to shut out the uh, Blue Devils there was an impressive feat in itself. Yeah, and how about Mike Harley? Two catches, 105, and one touchdown. <laughs> uh, also, the Miami defensive line, Quincy Roche with a one-and-a-half sacks, three tackles for loss, and then Jalen Phillips as well, one-and-a-half sacks, three-and-a-half tackles for loss. Good games for both of those guys. Miami covered minus 15, under 63. Couldn't get help from Duke. Number 11, Oklahoma got the win 27-14 to 14 over Baylor. Uh, Spencer Rattler very efficient in this one, not as many yards. Did have another turnover, though. Um, and really, I mean, the Oklahoma defense just played lights out most of the game, picking off Charlie Brewer twice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this game is actually closer than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, Oklahoma. I mean, Spencer Rattler was all right, but not the best. But they did what they had to do. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, uh, really good game for him for the Sooners. Two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, and a quarterback hurry. Um, also had some other good performances there, coupled by Baylor. Abram Smith with a sack and four tackles for loss. Um, and then you had Josh Landry with two sacks, t- one and a half tackles for loss, and also Jalen Petrie with a sack, three tackles for loss, and a pass deflection. Uh, Baylor g- did cover plus 23 and under 61. Nevada gets back on the winning track after losing to Hawaii last week, 37-26 to over Fresno State. Jake Hayner throwing it 65 times for the Bulldogs. Almost 500 yards, three total touchdowns. Carson Strong, what a strong game by him. Besides the two picks, 350 and five touchdowns. Only 60%, but still a really good game for him. And then Torrey Horton, who I had not uh, heard of in the Wolfpack program so far. 148 and three touchdowns. The freshman getting it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that Fresno wasn't able to pull this one out with the amount of offensive stats they had here, um, or at least the amount that Hanner had. But um, yeah, that's that's crazy. I'm looking at it here. How did they have enough? No, that does not equal forty. Does <laughs> uh, I don't know. But anyway. Because I'm looking at the uh, the stat sheet here, and obviously, like you said, Hainer threw 65 times, but apparently they also had enough plays to run it 40 times. Yeah. So they had 105 plays on offense, apparently, which is crazy. Yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of drives in that one. Um, but, yeah. Nevada covered minus 6.5 and, and over 59 hit. 
Let's go to the Sunday games. Yesterday, Western Kentucky got the win, getting their fifth of the season, 37-19 over Charlotte. Um, I was watching this one on and off. Chris Reynolds, not great for uh, the 49ers. And um, Tyrell Pragram did just enough to get the win. And also doesn't hurt um, when you get a fumble return touchdown from the defense. Yeah, that's uh, always a good thing. But, um, uh, wait, they had two, though? No, that that one's offensive lineman. That one was on offense. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see, I didn't see O-line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, they, yeah, they did have two fumble recovery touchdowns, though. Um, just one on each side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the all the cylinders were clicking here for Western Kentucky in this one, and uh, I mean the better team won here too. So yeah, this is a pretty boring game, um, but yeah, Hilltoppers get the win. Uh, plus two and a half for Western Kentucky over forty-seven. The second game yesterday for college, USC crushing Washington State 38-13, number 20 USC, I should say. And Keaton Slovis just balled out. 78%, 285 touchdowns. uh, All, actually, I don't know if they were all, but four of them in the first quarter. uh, They came out and just smacked Washington State in the face right away, getting turnovers, and Amon Ross St. Brown had, like I said, four of those five touchdowns. Yeah, they were all in the first quarter. All four of his touchdowns were in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Um, and then Tyler Vaughn's caught the other one in the second quarter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is just an offensive showing between the quarterback and receiver there. Um, and I know I've, I've heard uh, St. Brown's name, I think, a lot. Um, like within the the um, draft, uh, like the mock drafts and stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's, I think, going to be one of the better receivers in this class coming up. Yeah, USC receivers always pretty good. Uh, unlike unlike the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, yeah. <laughs> uh, good game by Nick Figueroa there. Three sacks and three tackles for loss for the Trojan defense. Uh, USC got the cover minus 11 and under 69 hit. Let's go to the NFL. Saints getting the win over the Falcons 21-16, to keeping the number one seed in the NFC. Taysom Hill looked pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot better than his first game against the Falcons uh, through his first career touchdown. Was it first career touchdown or was just this season? I think it was just the first this season. I think he's thrown a touchdown before. I couldn't remember, um, it, but no, um, I think he's definitely thrown a touchdown before. But uh, yeah, this uh, this was a game. Obviously, I'm like I'll call myself a Saints fan, clan, but it's mostly because of Drew Brees. But uh, yeah, I was watching this one on my phone because I couldn't get it where I am, but. Um, yeah, the um, Hill was good and all, but the Saints. I mean, yeah, the Saints' defense is what I think was the most impressive because the Falcons have shown plenty of times this year that they are one of the most 
threatening teams when it comes to offense. Mm-hmm. But they were held to only 16 points in this one. Um, yeah. And, yeah. This, the Saints defense has really been uh, on a tear the last couple of games. And um, they're, they're rounding into championship form, getting towards the playoffs here coming up. And uh, they they did clinch a playoff spot, right? I yes. think. Yes. I think it was the win and the Bears lost that yep. clinched it. Well. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, both over 100 yards. Julio almost there. Stephen Means, interesting uh, day for him for the Atlanta defense. Two sacks, two tackles lost, and two quarterback hits there. Saints covered minus three, under 46 hit. The Lions got the win, 34-30. to Daryl Bevel's first win as interim head coach in Detroit. Matthew Stafford, pretty good, 403 touchdowns. Uh, David Montgomery getting me a boatload of fantasy points, which I loved. Mm-hmm. It was uh, against me. Unfortunately, I did not start Adrian Peterson, however. I yeah, know. <laughs> um, Adrian Peterson had himself a game, too, but... Uh... Yeah, this uh, this game, it was kind of like a revenge game for the Lions because of how mm-hmm. things ended in the first game against them. Um, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter, and they came back and scored two touchdowns to win it. Um, yeah. With the last one being with a minute and 37 left with an Adrian Peterson five-yard run. Um, but, yeah, this was a, a – I didn't watch it, but this must have been a good one to watch. Yeah, still no DeAndre Swift in this one or Kenny Galladay, so Marvin Jones had himself a 100-yard day. Um, and also, Bilal Nichols, what a game for him on the Chicago D-line. Uh, a quintuple stat line. Sack, tackle for loss, pass flexion, quarterback hit, and an interception. Uh, so good for the nose tackle there. Mm-hmm. Lions uh, cover plus three and over 44. There we go. Browns, 9-3 and three Browns secured their first winning season in quite a while. 41-35, to 35, um, and that scores a lot closer than it sounds, people, because uh, the Browns were blowing out the Titans early. 31-7, to seven, I believe it was. Uh, Baker Something Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield just ripped the Titans secondary apart. Uh, hey. They were up thirty-eight to seven at halftime. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Mayfield had four touchdowns, or no, three touchdowns in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill uh, ended up with a good stat line, but um, did not do that great in the first half. Anyways. And there is a score in the Steelers game if it's confirmed, however. I don't know if he was down or not. Nope, apparently not. Deontay Johnson, which makes me mad. Uh, Not that he scored, uh, but that I placed a wager on him last week in the Ravens game to be the first touchdown score. And then, oh, there's a legal man downfield. Yep. Okay, Um, well, we're okay then. All I need is Eric Ebron to get the first touchdown, and we're still well, okay. Well, that was close, but nope. 
Hey, uh, Chris, don't don't do your. <laughs> Let me watch the game. I'm sorry, but yeah, I found if I said Ebron because he just missed one. Corey, anyway, Corey Davis in this game uh, also made me mad uh, because I did not start him over Devontae Parker. Thank you, Tua, for not throwing the ball to number 11. Or at least completing it. He threw the ball to Devontae Parker three times in the red zone to complete one. Um, but, yeah. No, but for for this one, though, yeah, like you said, the Browns were up pretty much the entire game. But that's why Tannehill had such a good line because mm-hmm. he had to throw the ball pretty much the whole game. Um, Derrick Henry only had 15 carries for 60 yards. And I think he fumbled, mm-hmm. too. So Yeah. Um, he didn't have that great of a game. <clears throat> And uh, but yeah, like you said, Corey Davis balled out. He just was on the wrong end of the score. Uh, Browns plus four and over fifty four. Speaking of the Dolphins, I was talking about Devontae Parker. They got the win nineteen to seven over the Burrowless Bengals. <laughs> And again, I did. I was not that impressed by Tua. Um, nope. Yeah, this was an ugly game for him. Um, but I, again, he doesn't throw the dang ball at Devontae Parker. They uh, they kept showing like the highlights for this one, and that was what they said though that he had a he was not having a good day at all. Um, I mean, other than the touchdown pass to Mike Gesicki, which I was happy about because I had to use him as my emergency tight end. Uh, being that uh, so lucky. Mark Andrews is out. But, and um, there, Deontay Johnson does finally score. Um, but yeah, the, the Dolphins defense, though, has, did what they've been doing all season. They held the Bengals to only one touchdown um, and remain one of the top teams in terms of scoring defense. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm really mad about Mike Kosicki. If Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the game, he's going to throw the ball to Devontae Parker. So I'm just kind of praying that Tua's thumb is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Fitzpatrick throws it to number 11. Not that they have – I don't know if they have any easy games coming up still or not. But anyways, Uh, Shaq Lawson, good game for him. Two sacks, two and a half tackles. Lawson, two quarterback hits, three pass deflections for William Jackson for the Bengals as well. Uh, let's see. Dolphins did cover minus ten and under forty three hit seven nothing Steelers ten and a half to go in the second quarter score update there. An overtime game in Minneapolis. The Vikings did get to five hundred twenty seven to twenty four over the one win Jags. Kirk Cousins looked pretty good despite the two turnovers. Dalvin Cook thirty two carries. Uh, and Justin Jefferson, once again, a 100-yard performance for his rookie season. No, this game right here was almost as like nerve-wracking to me as the Jets game <laughs> because the Jets almost won theirs, and the Jaguars were going to win theirs. So I was like, like, I don't care if the Jets win now, if the Jaguars win. But then, of course, they had to screw it up at the end. Um, both teams actually did, but we'll get to the Jets in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this game, I mean – Again, I can't. I didn't watch it because I don't have anything that's outside of my market. But uh, yeah, the 
I don't know how the Jaguars were able to keep up with the Vikings the whole game. Um, uh, their defense, it didn't hurt with Joe Schobert having a pick six off of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, they also, were up 9 nothing at the beginning of the game. Um, yeah. On a touchdown that with a missed extra point and then a field goal. Um, but I did, what was it? Um, yeah, they, uh, the game would have been different had they scored that extra point at the beginning of the game because then it wouldn't have been a tie. They would have won the game without going to overtime. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, the Jags defense uh, played pretty well. Once again, Dwayne Smoot having two sacks, two tackles lost, and three quarterback hits. Uh, also, though, Ifedio Denigbo there for the Vikes uh, with a sack, tackle for loss, three quarterback hits, and the safety for Minnesota. Um, but yeah, Joe Sobert sacked one and a half tackles lost, two pass selections, two quarterback hits, and that pick six, like I said. But really, I mean, Mike Glennon has played very well in his two mm-hmm. starts. Um, and I don't know. I I don't know if the Jags will be able to. I mean, I'm sure they will resign Mike Glennon because uh, I believe he's a free agent. I think he only signed a one year deal with Jacksonville, but uh, I could be wrong. And he's he's still relatively young till he's only thirty. So. Yeah, definitely uh, having himself pretty good two game stretch. So far. I highly doubt he's a starter next year, though. He might become he might come back as a backup, but they're gonna hey. pick. Justin Fields, I think, if they get the number two pick. Hey, he could be, uh, you know. <laughs> Unless they want to start Glennon in the beginning. Yeah, of the season, that's what I'm know. saying. He could be another bridge guy, like a lot of teams do with their first-round quarterbacks. Um, Unfortunately, the Jets don't have anybody to do that. But, but yeah, the Jags did cover, plus 10, and uh, over under 51 pushed. Dan Bailey... Good redemption for him. Missed the game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. Got it in overtime. Here we go, Chris. The Jets stayed winless. 31-28 loss to the Raiders. Uh, And we'll talk about the man that made this all possible in the NFL News segment. Uh, um, But I hate Derek Carr so much. Why do you have to score 37 fantasy points? Like, why? Because he was playing the Jets. <laughs> um, no, but this entire game, I was freaking out the entire time. Well, I was comfortable at the beginning because the Raiders had a nice, comfortable lead, and then all of a sudden the Jets scored like 17 unanswered points or whatever it was. <laughs> and then they took the lead, and I was like, what is happening? Um, and then they almost won the game, except they committed a penalty on like the fourth down play mm-hmm. to give the Raiders another shot. And then, then Greg Williams worked his magic and uh, gave the Raiders another touchdown to win the game. Dude, how about Ty Johnson coming out of nowhere to run for a hundred yards for the Jets though? <laughs> <laughs> I when mean, did they even pick him up from Detroit. That's the last time I knew where he was. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think, well, the only reason he had that, though, is because I believe Frank Gore had to leave the game. Yeah, Gore and, got uh, hurt. I don't know if he ever came back, but... No. Um, yeah, at, uh, at one point, though, the two games I got to watch live were this and the Titans and and 
Browns game. So at one point I could I kind of switched over to that one and didn't pay attention to this one at all because I was like, whatever, I don't really care about this one anymore. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller was doing Darren Waller things though. Yeah, he just absolutely lit up the Jets all day, all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was happy, Jamison Crowder. I was happy Crowder got two touchdowns. I have him in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Good thing there. Cullen Furl had himself quite a game, too, for the Vegas defense. Two sacks, two tackles lost, pass deflection, and three quarterback hits. This might be the best game the Jets have played all season, but um, I'm glad it ended in a loss, though. Yeah. Denzel Mims finally getting uh, looking pretty good for once. Uh, Jets did cover plus seven and uh, over 48. This one was interesting. Colts win 26 to 20. Deshaun Watson played his heart out. Uh, only had the one touchdown, two turnovers, a costly fumble near the goal line that could have been a drive that they would have scored and won the game on to go up 27-26. But, you know, couldn't get it done. Uh, There's a former Jet there with the 100-yard game, though, right? Wasn't Hanson on the Jets? Uh, (laughs) Yep. But, I mean, that's what happens when you're on a team that doesn't have any receivers. Yeah. I was I was annoyed though. Uh, I needed 80 yards from Brandon Cooks, and he was out for like the whole third quarter with a con. Well, he was he didn't have a concussion because he got cleared. He was being evaluated. But I don't know why it takes a whole quarter to evaluate someone for a concussion. But <laughs> they just wanted to be cautious and say it. But um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna win our matchup anyway, probably. Uh, but I had Philip Rivers on my bench for that game, and he had a pretty good game. I have Lamar Jackson starting, so... Dude, you have, like, five players to my two. And I'm yeah, only... You're, you're still double my score right now. Yeah. Oh, still. Um, well, yeah, Deontay, yeah, Deontay did score, so... <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the player of the game, though, was T.Y. Hilton. Like, I, you've been saying the last couple weeks, they're finally getting going here, uh, him and Rivers. And uh, they're looking good together. Yeah, uh, Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner back from COVID this game. Uh, instant impact. Two sacks, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. And Justin Houston, three sacks, three tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and a safety off of Deshaun Watson. Colts got the cover, minus three and under 51. I know a lot of people probably very mad at Deshaun Watson for not covering the spread had they scored a touchdown on that drive. Mm-hmm. NFC West Rams continue to win 38 to 28 over the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray's looked not that great. I mean, he had three touchdowns here, uh, but two turnovers. Jared Goff looked pretty good. 350 and two total touchdowns as well off of 70 nine percent completion pretty much yeah i'm uh i'm lucky in one of my other leagues that we can use the quarterback in a flex spot mm-hmm. and he is my flex spot uh option and my starter right now is justin herbert so mm-hmm. good thing i was able to use golf too yeah but um 
but yeah, this game I think went pretty much as we all expected. Um, or one of us had the Cardinals, I believe. Alex, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, maybe if he had known that Sean McVay is undefeated against the Cardinals, he would have went the other way. Yeah, I did not know that either. I uh, I heard that after the game or something. Mm-hmm. The other seven and zero against them. Yep. Um, um, but yeah, the the Rams they're looking good, and now they retook the lead in the division. So yeah, we'll see how that goes in the last couple games here. Yeah, by way of head to head matchup, and thank the Lord <laughs> they just lost that challenge on fourth and one. <laughs> uh Loved the refs in this game so far. Troy Hill with the 35-yard pick six off of Kyler Murray. Uh, good for him there for the Rams defense. And Jalen Ramsey held DeAndre Hopkins pretty well. The Rams got the cover minus three and over 49 hit. What a stop by Vince Williams on fourth and one. Steelers ball deep in Washington territory. Uh, All right. The upset of the week in the NFL. Giants getting it done at MetLife. Was that at MetLife, right? Or no? No, no. The other one was at MetLife. This This one was out in Seattle. 17-12 over the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, not that great of a game. Wayne Gallman had his first career 100-yard game. Uh, I was, again, mad that Alfred Morris decided to uh-huh. vulture touchdowns. Yeah, when I the- when I was following this game, I didn't even know that Alfred Morris was still on the in the league, first of all, and I didn't even know he was on the Giants. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the Giants' defense actually decided to play for once. Um, well, and uh, Leonard Williams actually looked like a good defensive lineman for one. Well, the Giants have won four straight after starting one and seven. They now have, well, pending this game right now, they have a half game lead right now on the Washington football team. And yeah, I still like the Washington football team to win the division, but uh, how the Giants' defense is playing. It's hard to not pick the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Leonard Williams, great game. And also, Ryan Neal had the block that sent the ball out of the end zone for Seattle to get the safety. And love to see it. Love to see it. Chase Claypool, good catch, buddy. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was just looking at the uh, remaining schedules for these two teams. And uh, yeah, the I think the Washington has an easier time here because uh, the Giants have Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and Cowboys left. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I expect them to maybe win the last game. And, well, I think they have a shot against the Cardinals, but I don't think they're going to beat the Browns or the Ravens. Um, and then Washington, I don't think they're going to win tonight. Um and then they got uh, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Eagles left. So I think that they could definitely win 
two or three of those games. I don't know. It all depends. But uh, I don't know who has the head-to-head uh, for that. I think it's the Giants, right? Yeah, because they were sure. tied and the Giants had the, the spot. So Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the Giants plus 10.5 in this one, <sighs> under 48. Patriots shutting out the Chargers 45 to nothing. Get to 500. And Justin Herbert looked like a rookie. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, all rookies have that game, but this was just... This was an incredibly bad game. Um, I don't know if that's his... Um, I don't know if that's his like record for most throws in a game so far in this season, but, uh, yeah, throwing 53 times. Um, granted, they were down the entire game. Yeah. But, yeah. but still, um, like, it looks like they didn't really get, uh, get Eckler too involved in this one. I mean, he had eight carries for 36 yards and four catches for 32 yards. Mm-hmm. So he was only... He only touched the ball 12 times. I feel like to win, you got to give the ball to him a little bit more, um, whether that be on the ground or in the air, but still. Uh, he was a major piece for them in the past, and I think he'll be – I mean, they are now eliminated, so it doesn't matter, but uh, you yeah. know, in the future, they need to use him more. Yeah, the Patriots got uh, help from their special teams as well, scoring two touchdowns, the 70-yard punt return touchdown by Gunnar Olszewski, who also had a 38-yard receiving touchdown. Uh, And also Devin McCourty had the 44-yard blocked field goal return for a touchdown as well. So the Patriots plus two and under 47 couldn't get any help from the Chargers. And the Patriots are still a long shot to make the playoffs, too. They're right now the, in the 10 spot. So they got yeah, they're still still two games a back. lot to climb out of. Yeah. Uh, over betters, I feel for you in that game. Sunday Night Football, Chiefs going to 11-1, 22-16 over the Broncos. Mahomes... Maybe mad again. Not that great of a game against the Broncos. Um, he really hasn't played that great against the Raiders it's or Broncos. The, well, the Chiefs game he played, or the the Raider, the Chargers game he played good. He played not well. the first one. Well, yeah, he did. He had all those rushing yards and he had all those garbage time trying to come back. Eh. I'm pretty sure he still had 30 fantasy points in that game. Because he had all that comeback time that he had to throw the ball a million times. <laughs> but, yeah, the Chiefs did not look that great against the Broncos. Couldn't get the ball in the end zone except for one time. And Drew Locke had a shot at the end. I mean, the Chiefs should have seven more points on the board here. Well, yeah. That Tyreek Andy... Hill catch was a catch and a touchdown, but they didn't review it. They didn't challenge it, whatever. So Yeah. Mahomes missed Tyreek three times. One is that one time you're talking about where they they didn't see it and they didn't challenge it and they could have been a touchdown. Missed him the first drive, where it was just an overthrow, and then he missed them on a one that was a touchdown. They got called back by penalty. So 
and I have no idea why you're running a play-action pass to an offensive lineman on third and goal. That makes absolutely no sense for the Steelers. Anyways, yeah, very disappointed in Tyreek's night. Had him in a couple prop bets that did not hit, so... But Travis Kelsey had himself quite a night, uh, became the first tight end ever to have five 1,000-yard receiving seasons, and also that, Tim... That, to me, is impressive. Tim Patrick, when, two touchdowns as well. Uh, the Travis Kelsey with five 1,000-yard seasons. I thought that, for sure, someone like Tony Gonzalez would have done that already. Or... Um, oh, like my Shane. Lord. Did they get... They, they just stop him on fourth and goal, really. Wonderful. <laughs> um... But, wait, I thought that uh, Edward Delaire was active last night. I guess not. He was active, but did well, not play. play. Yeah. Which I was happy. Le'Veon got all the touches, and I started him in my Dynasty League. And I knew I knew he wasn't going to play uh, from all the reports that were out there about how bad his stomach bug was. Uh, it was just a ploy by Andy Reid trying to get the Broncos prepared for someone that wasn't going to play. Well, he also screwed over some fantasy owners, too. I know. That's what uh, someone said on Twitter. They are like, Clyde Adler either <laughs> lost you or won you <laughs> fantasy <laughs> this week, whether you're playing him or playing against him. <laughs> I wouldn't have played him the whole rest of the season. He, I don't think he's that great, been that great this year. So, um, He... he uh... He faked us all out those first couple of games, and then since then he hasn't been that great. Yeah. But we'll see how that happens, or how that goes. Broncos dig cover plus 13 and under 52 hit. All right. Before we go into the NCAA NFL news, we do have a couple games uh, before our Friday show on Thursday. Uh FAU five and two FAU is an eight and a half point favorite headed to Southern Miss. They are two and seven. Over under is forty two and a half, and that is six thirty on CBS Sportsnet on Thursday. I'd expect FAU to win that and cover. Southern Miss is not that great. Uh, and the other one that same night, Pitt is five and five. They are a seven point favorite heading to Atlanta. To play uh, Georgia Tech, three and six. Georgia Tech over under is fifty three and a half. Seven o'clock. ESPN three. Again, I would expect the away team in Pitt to win that one. Um, Georgia Tech has surprised in a couple games, but I think Pitt's a pretty good defense, and I I like Kenny Pickett there at, at the quarterback position for the Panthers. So yeah, both FAU and Pitt win and cover are my picks in that one. All right, NCAA news. We have a couple head coach hirings. uh, Southern Miss, actually, just talked about them. They are hiring Tulane offensive coordinator Will Hall as their head coach. Uh, He coached his last game for Tulane this past weekend against Memphis. And also, South Carolina has a new head coach. They are hiring Oklahoma assistant head coach slash tight ends coach Shane Beamer as their new head coach. So good for the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. NFL news. Uh, let's start off with the Washington football team here. 
So, yeah, I mean, they're playing right now, but uh, Terry McLaurin, he was good to go today and has been playing this game. The Cowboys do not have as good of luck. They placed offensive lineman Zach Martin on IR. He has a calf injury, and I would say probably done for the season. They said he's most likely done for the season because the minimum IR is three weeks. There's only four left. Uh, so I think Zach Martin's probably done for the year. Unless, by some miracle, the Cowboys are still in the division race by week 17 and they need him to play. But um, I Even then, I wouldn't, because if they're still in the division race in week 17, I that means it. everybody else lost out pretty much. Yeah, I doubt they're going to be in the division race by then. Uh, let's go to the Eagles, former Eagle and Patriot. But he won a Super Bowl. Right, well, actually, he won Super Bowl with both. Running back Garrett Blunt, he retired this week. Um, pretty good career there yeah. with New England most of the time. He played for, what, four teams? I know he played for the Lions and Tampa, too. Yeah, he start, got drafted by the Bucks. played for the Patriots, Lions, uh, Eagles, and Steelers. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was with the Steelers, too. So yeah, it's the five teams. Yeah. Two Super Bowl titles uh, with the Patriots and Eagles. The Talking about Eagles running backs, they activated uh, running back Jordan Howard from the practice squad this week. He played uh, yesterday against the Packers. Looked pretty good. Um, I was surprised how much they used him and how, how well he looked uh, on the field there. I mean, he was already with them, so that might have been why he was kind of transition so easy but yeah uh the giants Devonte freeman he was placed on the COVID list he was already on the ir um but now he's on two different lists <laughs> and <laughs> on the league's transaction wire so uh vikings they have their own running back issues as well alexander madison he had successful surgery for appendicitis not sure how long he's going to be out. I haven't heard any updates on him. Staying in division there, the Lions, they waived wide receiver Marvin Hall. And he was actually just claimed today by the Denver Broncos. So Broncos get another receiver. I don't know why they need another receiver. I think they have a pretty good stable of young guys there. But, hey, whatever. Uh... More receiver news. The Panthers, they placed eight players on the COVID list today, including a bunch of guys that are starters. Um, Wide receivers, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Uh, Offensive tackle, Greg Little. Defensive tackle, Zach Kerr. D-end, Yator Grossmatos. And linebacker, Shaq Thompson, all placed on the COVID list today. And that is a beautiful... Touchdown by James Washington, <laughs> catch and run. I've, I've been waiting for you to say something about that. You're like a full <laughs> minute behind, Jesus. Hey, calm down. <laughs> Steelers up 14 nothing now over the Washington football team. Good thing I didn't take plus six. I'm happy right now for the Washington football team. Uh, anyways, the uh, staying at in the NFC South for a minute, the Bucks just today waived wide receiver Jaden Micken, so... A pretty good special teams guy is now available on waivers for someone that needs some special teams return help there. Keeping with the wide receivers, so 
had a boatload of ejections in the Bengals-Dolphins game. Uh, a couple of them were wide receivers, Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd, and Dolphins wide receivers Devontae Parker and Mac Hollins. Also, Dolphins corner Xavier Howard ejected for two separate brawls. Uh, Tyler Boyd and Xavier Howard were ejected for their own thing, and then Devontae Parker, Mac Hollins ejected in that big one at the yeah. end. I mean, I was mad that Tyler Boyd got ejected because I have him on my fantasy <laughs> team, but I know he he was able to get a seventy yard touchdown before he got ejected. So yeah, he still got me what fourteen point something point. Yeah, fourteen point two. Uh. Going to sticking with the AFC North here, the Ravens activated running back Mark Ingram and DN Calais Campbell off the COVID list. Also activated Lamar Jackson today as well, so all those guys are going to play tomorrow night against the Cowboys. Uh, the Steelers playing right now. They activated DN Stefan Tuit off the COVID list. I'm pretty sure he's playing. Um, I haven't really been paying attention to it who's actually on the defense right now. but I, I believe he's in. Um, and also, they elevated kicker Matthew Wright off of the practice squad today. He is their kicker with Chris Boswell out because of injury. Uh, Steven Nelson, their starting corner, is also mm-hmm. out for this game right now. So Cameron Sutton, I believe, has been playing opposite of Joe Hayden. Oh, Lord. Uh, going to the... <laughs> AFC East here. The Dolphins activated running back Miles Gaskin off IR. He played yesterday. Uh, pretty good game uh, for him. They also worked out a former Jet, Eli McGuire. <laughs> They're running back there. Um, so we'll see if he gets signed or not. The Bills are getting a major piece back for tonight's game. They activated linebacker Matt Milano off of IR, and he's going to play tonight Uh in the middle of their defense. The all right, here we go, Chris. The Jets <laughs> fired defensive coordinator Greg Williams uh, after his zero cover zero all out blitz on the final, not the final play, but it was. Was it? I it thought was there was. The touchdown. I thought there was three seconds left after that. Well. Okay, I guess it wasn't the final play, but that that was the final play. Um, <laughs> On the final score of the game, <laughs> the um, game-winning Henry Ruggs touchdown uh, uh, against Lamar um, Jackson. It was kind of funny because uh, I saw something earlier, and they were like, um, so when is Greg Williams getting the statue outside MetLife Stadium? Because he sacrificed himself for the future of this franchise. He sacrificed himself for Trevor Lawrence with the Jets. That's an incomplete pass, just saying, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the worst part about all this that kind of oh, annoys Lord. me oh, is, <laughs> is that the decision to fire him was Gase's. Gase is the one who fired him, which makes no sense to me. Why does he have the power to do that? He shouldn't have any power whatsoever. Uh, that wasn't Mike Hill. Or no, it was Mike Hill. Yeah, 28, but... Uh, anyways, yeah, well, I heard that uh, he got the approval, though, of the higher-ups in Chris Johnson. Um, 
know, he's going to be gone after this Everyone season anyway. Else as so. well, I believe. And uh, there's also been rumors floating around here that uh, one of your former coaches is interested in the Jets job. In uh, Bill Cowher. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> he's pretty well, old now. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Boomer Esiason on one of his shows said something about how uh, Cowher's interested, and apparently they're very close friends, so who knows. Yeah, I mean, until it happens, it's just going to be rumors, just like it was for years with John Gruden. You know, mm-hmm. Cowher's been rumored to almost every head coach job yeah. every every year, so I mean, like I said, until it happens, I will never believe it. <laughs> um,. But yeah, they the Jets are going with assistant head coach uh, Frank Bush as the interim, and that's a guy I have never heard about. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but Greg I mean, Williams, he is a good defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, and he's going to get a job next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they fired him because it's not his fault. <laughs> he literally did that on purpose to lose that game. Well, if uh, Lamar Jackson actually covers, you know. He bit on the... the uh... <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the uh, I'm inter- interested to see how things fold out here in the next four weeks with the Jets. Um, I'm praying that the Jaguars win another one, so I'm not as stressed as I have been these last 12 games. But... I don't know. Jags have been close. They'll. I don't know if they yeah, go. They've been in every single game pretty much. Like they I said, win. like I said, I, I believe they play the Bears one of these weeks. So that that's probably a win. And they play the Colts again week seventeen. So if the Colts are done with whatever, they, they might rest people. They won't. They'll still be in the division hunt for with Tennessee. Uh, speaking of the Colts, though, their uh, backup left tackle, who was the starter because Anthony Costanzo has been out. LaRaven Clark, he tore his Achilles yesterday. He's done for the year. Colts are going to be down to their third left tackle now. Uh, I don't know who that is because they used to have Joe Haig uh, as one of their swing tackles, but he is in Tampa. So don't know who their left tackle will be going forward without Anthony Costanzo. Um, staying in division, the Titans, they suspended their first-round pick offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson he violated team rules apparently mm-hmm. and I've heard there's been a lot of issues with Isaiah Wilson uh, in Tennessee so Titans might have lost the first round pick pretty much <laughs> if they cannot get their his issues resolved mm. also with the Titans uh, linebacker Jadavian Clowney he had season ending knee surgery on Wednesday he is done for the year like I said season ending so pass rush does not get any help <laughs> and Clowney's former team the Seahawks they are working out some quarterbacks uh, for some odd reason uh, they worked out JT Barrett Tyree Jackson and Alex Magoo this Ooh. past week I don't know JT Barrett, former Ohio State quarterback. Tyree Jackson, uh, former sixth-round pick of Buffalo. uh, From Buffalo. Alex Magoo. I 
forget where he went, but uh, I believe he was FIU guy. I can't remember, though. Uh, anyways, all right, here we go. Playoff, NFL playoff standings here, updated from this weekend's games. So the Chiefs and Saints have clinched playoff berths. If the Steelers win this game, uh, I believe they clinch a playoff berth as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, they – well, I don't know if they do because I know they needed to win, and they also needed to win the – uh, strength of victory tiebreaker over the Browns, uh, but I'm not sure if they did that or not, mm-hmm. because there was like five teams that they needed all to win in order to win the strength of victory, and I know one of them is the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the other five. I think it was Ravens, Dolphins, and I can't the other three. I can't remember. Um, but anyways, yeah, the yeah. AFC side thinned out a little bit, dropped a bunch of teams from the bottom there. Now that it's four weeks to go in the season after these three games, uh, it'll be week 14, so it'll be four weeks to go in the season. Um, So I think two games out now, you're still in it, but any more than that, nope. Well, I just looked ahead a little bit because I was curious. And this week coming up actually has a very, very big game. Um, between the Raiders and the Colts. Mm-hmm. So uh, I expect the Colts to win that one, but that could change a lot of the landscape there for the AFC. Yeah. Um, and the Vikings are now the seventh seed in the NFC. Um, they have been hot. Cardinals have not. So, um, And, I mean... The Buccaneers were off this week, right? They yeah. they were one of the last two teams with the bye, so yep. they, we didn't get a chance to see them this week. But um, we'll see what happens with them at the last couple weeks. Because, I mean, I think it's going to be two of those three teams there between the Buccaneers, Vikings, and Cardinals. I don't think any team below that <clears> is going to make it. Um, I mean, let's see what happens tonight in the 49ers-Bills game, but I think they're going to lose that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. There's a scenario where I think the Cardinals can make it over the Buccaneers, um, mm-hmm. but we'll see how things work out. Like I said, yeah, I just uh, think it's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen a season where all 16 teams are still, you know, like everyone in the hunt is still within two games of the playoffs with four to go. Like, well, I know. I know. We had the NFC East there. Yeah, I was gonna say the NFC East doesn't really count. They're but, only going for but the they, division. But there's there's still two games out. Like it's it's still very realistic for them to win three out of the last four and get in. Yeah. Could you imagine if that happens? Two NFC East teams get in. I mean, the only way I see that happening <laughs> is if Washington makes it in as a wild card. I don't. The Cowboys are out of it, and the Eagles. If they were seven, eight, and one, I don't even think they'd make it in, um, unless it was for the division. So that would just be so funny, though. I would mm-hmm. laugh. The NFC East would troll everyone at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if one of them wins a game, too, well, be... <laughs> whoever would be the seventh seed would be going to Green Bay right now. So that would be a very interesting game. Yeah, I think. I think. 
I would like to see a Giants Seahawks rematch at MetLife in Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, but uh, again, it all depends on how these la- no ugh, these last couple weeks uh, shape out. But do the Rams and Seahawks play each other again, or did they play both games already? No, they play each other again. I believe it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's Week 17 or not. It. Uh, it's 16, week 16. 16. Yeah. Yeah, Seahawks have the Jets, Washington, the Rams, and the 49ers left. So that's at least a 2-2 two and two record. If not 3-1 three three and and or 4-0. 3-1. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of interesting matchups, though. Um, oh, wait, both teams have the Jets remaining on their schedule. So. Yeah. Uh, a lot of interesting matchups, though. If the playoffs ended right now, you would have a divisional matchup against Packers and Vikings. Um, like I said, that rematch for the Giants and the Seahawks is set up that way right now. Also, you'd have divisional matchup with the Bills and Dolphins as well in the AFC. Uh, going on to our picks standings for the Monday show. Chris, everyone went 2-0 last week, so nothing changed. You're still 2 up on Alex, 3 up on Mark, and 4 up on myself. I'm going to try to hopefully stay under 10 losses for the whole season, but that would mean I can't get more than one wrong the rest of the way. So This week was interesting with uh, four games in between the shows, but um, it doesn't matter because we all pick the same teams. <laughs> so we're all riding the Steelers in this one right now. Like I said, up 14 nothing. They were favored by six, actually. It got down to, uh, like I said, I believe it started out as nine or eight, and it whittled down all the way. I don't know why it dropped at all. Actually, I I believe it was ten. The opening line was ten. Um, so was that before the Dupree injury or after? I am not sure, but yeah, I know there was a lot of people that liked plus seven. For Washington when it was that yesterday and now it's plus six. People still liked it for some reason. I did not. I did not take that. Well so I, I would consider it if Antonio Gibson was still playing, but if he's out for the game, then I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, think the, they have a shot. The live line, I don't know what the live line is right now. It's probably ten though. Um over under in this one was forty three and a half. That's looking good for better so far with only fourteen scored. Um, and it is on Fox if you're in the right area of the United States, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I am not. The All right, let's go to the other game tonight, Bills at the Niners. I forgot to change this because it is not a pick game anymore. The Niners are actually favored by one point uh, in Glendale. This one is playing oh, yeah. in Glendale. At the Cardinal State Farm Stadium, uh, because of the Santa Clara rules. So, Niners trying to go to 500. We all are on the Josh Allen train and the Bills. Like I said, Matt Milano coming back for that Bills defense tonight should give them a good boost against the Niners' run game, Raheem Mostert. This one should be a good game, though, tonight. Um, despite the 49ers' record, mm-hmm. they've played better recently, um, especially last week's game, because. 
I don't think any of us expected them to win, but they still won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see the 49ers win this one because the Bills have not looked good at times either. So it all depends on which version of each team shows up tonight. Yeah, 8.15 on ESPN tonight. Uh, 47.5 is the over-under. And I'm not sure what to think about that because I know the Bills can score. Uh, I'm just not completely sure on how much the Niners will score. So, I think... I wonder if being in Arizona is going to affect them at all. I like it just under 47.5. So... You know, twenty four twenty. I kind of like that score. Uh, all right, let's go to tomorrow night's game. The Cowboys heading to Baltimore to play the Ravens. That is an eight and a half point spread for the Ravens. There, uh, over under is forty five, and it is eight oh five on Fox. That one is nationally broadcast. Um, yeah, I mean. They, the Ravens are getting pretty much everybody back except for uh, Mark Andrews, but mm-hmm. um, the Cowboys are just—I don't even know what to say about the Cowboys. They've just been that bad this year, so I—I I fully expect the Ravens to win this one. Um, well, they did. And beat they're, the Vikings. they're still clawing for their playoff lives here. So, yeah, the Cowboys did beat the Vikings, uh, so they have that going for them, anyways. But. Uh, yeah, I think with Lamar back and their defense back, I think it's a no-brainer. Ravens win. They're at home. Um, so, yeah. I do have to say, though, that this is probably the best thing that's come out of this whole COVID thing is that we're getting games like four days a week now instead of just three. <laughs> that's we're what, getting games on Wednesdays, Tuesdays. That's what someone said on Twitter when the Wednesday game was announced for the Steelers. They said, in December, we'll now get uh, football on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. (laughs) If we could only get a Friday NFL game, Mm. that's what we need now. (laughs) Move a Thursday to a Friday one of these weeks. (laughs) Speaking of Thursday, the Thursday night game for the kickoff of Week 14 is the Patriots at... The Rams in L.A. Uh, Rams are getting six now, actually. So, uh, yeah. Alex is on the Patriots again. Uh, Second time he's taken the Patriots, second straight week taking the Patriots over an L.A. team. So, I don't know. The Patriots defense is playing a lot better the last two games. Mm -hmm. But I think the Rams offense is too much. I don't know. I think this one's going to be a very defensive uh, fight because the Rams' defense has been one of the best in the league this whole season. Um, And like you said, the Patriots are playing better as of late. Um, But both of these offenses have also struggled at times too Mm -hmm. Uh, because we we all know how Mark feels about Jared Goff. but he, yeah, he's been playing better as of late too. But he's had his moments too. And Cam Newton, you know him probably better than any of us because he was a Panther for however many years. But he, uh, 
if you can keep him in the box, then you're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that's some BS that they were holding the clock up there at eight seconds. That's some crap. Uh, and I'm happy to say that the Washington football team did not get the field goal. <laughs> I have no idea what the heck just happened in that clock situation. But uh, Ron's pissed, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, anyways, the over-under for the Thursday game is 45.5. I feel like that one's different than the Bills-Niners. I like the over. I think the Rams can score 30. Um, so that would just leave you know the Patriots to score 15, or well, 16. So, um, yeah. They can get 31-17 to 17 for the Rams. I like that, getting the over there. And that's all. We have next week, the Monday night game will be an AFC North division matchup. Uh, Ravens against the Browns in Cleveland. And that is BS that they can get that field goal off uh, because the clock ran out. And, uh, yeah, that's stupid. Anyways, uh, and then we will start kick week 15 off with an AFC West divisional matchup. Between the Chargers and Raiders, uh, probably big game for the Raiders trying to still make it into the wild card race. Well, like I said, it all depends on what they do this week coming up against the Colts. But uh, yeah, that that Ravens Browns game is going to be very interesting. Like my uh, my head is saying I want to pick the Browns, but historically I want to pick the Ravens. So I don't, I don't know. We'll find out who I pick in the next show, but <laughs> that'll be a tough one to pick, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anyways, Chris, great show. Ended perfectly at halftime. Uh, still mad they got that field goal off, but anyways, 14-3 to Steelers going into the half. Still got the line, though. It's 11 points. Uh, yeah, 14-3 Steelers going into the half. Great show. As always, don't forget to follow us here on Facebook and also our Instagram and Twitter at FA Podcast as well as FAPodcast.com to find all of our shows there in one place. And please hit subscribe on Spotify. We can use all the downloads that you can. Yes. Thank you for, what was it, 150, right? (laughs) Yeah. 150 downloads. Looking forward to the next 150. Mm -hmm. All right. We will see you all on Friday for Football Friday. Mm Mm-hmm. See you later.